0: Hello, welcome to episode four of the Friends and Experts podcast, where I speak to some friends and some experts, and sometimes both. First, I just want to thank all of our supporters. And uh, to support the Friends and Experts podcast, please visit anchor.fm/slash friends and experts and click the support this podcast button. Today's guest is a friend jennifer king whom i've had the pleasure to work alongside for for several years in addition to a professional writer and editor she is the woman behind the blog stellar fashion and fitness and author of the book fat girl power how i built confidence through body positivity fashion and fitness the book is currently available on amazon.com welcome to the show jennifer
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mike.
0: I just wanted to tell the audience, we have a lot of things in common. We write, we shuffle words around for a living, and we are also (laughs) parents. (laughs) Yes, Uh, we are. (laughs) uh, uh, I kind of like to tackle all of that, but I I just want to get into the beginning of it. How did you get into writing and blogging? What What were the inspirations?
1: Sure. Um, You know, the the very first blog that I ever published is no longer in existence, actually. Um, When I was in graduate school, I had an internship in London for Women's Wear Daily. And while I was there, I blogged about my experience um, working there and just being in London and what I thought of the city and where I would go to travel and such. So that was, it was a way to keep in touch with people back home. But obviously my love for fashion is where the blogging thing kind of started. And it's mostly because as a writer, very often we are writing and editing and working with publications that may not necessarily um, cover our passions, So, you know, I love fashion and then over the years as I have worked on my own relationship with my body and with trying to eat healthier and trying to find a good connection to fitness... Those things have come into play for me, but they haven't been what I write about on a professional level, you know, to pay the bills. So the blog is where I have been able to examine some of my own passions and what I like to write about or things that I want to tell friends about. And it's not necessarily what I uh, do to make money every day.
0: One of the things that you mentioned, you mentioned it in the book and and you mentioned it that the blogging experience was just concerning fashion and, right. and it just morphed into something much bigger. I mean, you were talking about yeah. other things as well, you know, and, you know, motherhood, of course, uh, was that something that was planned when you, when you wanted to go through the fashion angle, mm-hmm. were you concentrated on that or it just organically morphed into all these other things?
1: It was definitely organic for me. I think that in the blogosphere, there definitely seems to be a trend of... Back in the day, a lot of us just wrote to write. We weren't really worried about selling ads or getting sponsorships or working with brands or any of those things that now, you know, people called influencers are involved with. So when I first started out and even still really, it's just to write. And my, you know, as I was saying, my passion was about fashion, but then I started to realize that I was writing about fashion, but because I am a plus size woman myself, I was always including where you could find some of the cool looks that you see on the runway, but you know, in your own stores and at your own price point, but also in your size. And because that's Not always easy for women who are larger. And so then I started thinking about how, when I dress a certain way, when I put myself together in the morning or for a special event, how that affects my confidence. Then, you know, that kind of gravitated toward when I was trying to get healthier because I had a little bit of a scare. Back in about 2009, 2010, when my doctor said that I might be pre-diabetic, and I decided I didn't want to have to take medication for that forever, and so I started working out more and trying to eat healthier And I started to feel better about myself, even if I wasn't necessarily losing a lot of weight, I was still feeling good. So that then also bled into the whole confidence thing. So it kind of ended up becoming this thing of where am I finding that ability to be myself and be happy with myself? And so, yes, now that I'm a mother, I have a 15 month old that is playing a part too. it it, feeling confident as a new mom feeling Mm -hmm. that I can do this job well or that I can show myself grace when it's not easy. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how all of those subjects have come into play. But I will say that I think fashion is the one I always go back to when it comes to my blog and what I most love writing about.
0: The book, Fat Girl Power, it's a collection of essays. I was really intrigued just with the the framing of the book, how mm-hmm. I kind of saw it. It was, I believe, it was three parts of the book. You know, part one being the steps in get, getting your confidence. And then the second part, what to do with that confidence and how to fuel it. And, right, and right. The part three is finding strength through Mm -hmm. fitness. I really liked how that was framed in some of the ways that you're conveying this particular message of of body positivity. Was that something that you were going into when you wrote the book?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, Because I did start to think to myself, like, what is the common thread here? Like, what is the message that I am trying to send out into the world when I write? The way for me to do that was to sort of bring all of those different subjects together in my book and show if you're working internally on building your self-confidence, examining your self-esteem, which I wholeheartedly believe is an ongoing lifelong process. I do have confidence in myself, but there are days when it wanes and when it ebbs and flows, and so you're constantly having to return to that again, and to me, when you're examining that throughout your life, there are ways that I have come back to again and again to build that up over time. And that usually has to do with um, nowadays, a lot of it from the body positivity side of things is connecting with that community. Um, There's a huge movement going on for the last several years that we have seen. And my take on that has always been that it's not to me just about larger women or not even just women. It's men, too. It's people with disabilities. It's the trans community community all feeling like it is okay to just be who you are and to accept who you are. You know, I get a lot of comments sometimes about women who are thinner. And to me, people don't think that they have body image issues as well, but they absolutely do. And so when I talk about body positivity, I talk about it for all people, not just larger women because I am a larger woman. To me the thing with fashion and then with the fitness as you said it's when you're ready to express yourself when you feel that you have the confidence or the kind of courage to put together a cool outfit or to wear something that maybe you haven't thought of wearing before. I remember not too long ago a brand that I like started producing midriff tops and I thought oh goodness Like, I don't know about that, you know, I don't know about showing my stomach and that kind of thing. And then, you know, I saw that with a high waisted pant and the way that you could kind of put it together, that it was actually cute and flattering. And hey, if I could just rock that, walk out my house with that on, no one's going to look at me and say, oh, she shouldn't be wearing that because my attitude reflects that, hey, look at me, I'm good to go, and just accept me for who I am. And, yeah, that definitely, to me, then transfers into, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking to walk into a gym or to start running or to start any kind of fitness program where you might be seen by other people. It's a little weird to think of it that way, but it's very – when you're heavy – you would think most people would look and say, great, she's at the gym. Good for her. This is where she should be. You know, she should be working on her health or not just because she might be heavier or whatever, but everyone should be working on their health, you know. All right. Um But. A lot of times it's really nerve-wracking for people to start any of those things because they think, I can't keep up, I'm going to be a sweaty mess, I'm going (laughs) to be bright red, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever kind of is holding them back. To me, it takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of courage to embark on any kind of regimen that you want to do. I think that that also comes from a confidence building place. The more you do it, the more you go out and do it, the better you'll feel. Even if you start on your own kind of by yourself walking around the block, eventually you might increase your distance or your speed and you might end up signing up for a 5k when you're running with hundreds of other people you know that's what happened with me I started running I've always been running over 200 pounds I've never been I've never don't remember when I've been under 200 pounds so (laughs) you know to be a runner or try to run certain distances at a heavier weight I started with a friend who I knew was around my same pace and we kind of gave each other that that courage and cheered each other on. And then I became more confident to even run. I used to run a little bit with a woman who is a trail runner and does 100 mile runs. And man, was I nervous to run with her. But she (laughs) just, you know, yeah, she's just encouraging. She just wanted to see me out there doing it. It wasn't about being as fast as her or going as far as her. So I think all of those things in my life, they found a connection. And I think that in other people's lives, this all can bleed even into your professional life and to other things that you pursue. It's, It's that working on that inner self.
0: I totally get that. I'm glad you said sort of you can apply these things to other aspects as well. Because I, I just wanted to talk about that when you had mentioned that sure. earlier, um, I had a guest previously, Dr. Teresa Cabalga, and yes. you know, a fighter for women's issues. She is a full-throated feminist. She she uses that as a shield. You, she, as you were saying, with just building confidence in yourself and being happy sure. with who you are, whether you have a disability, whether you're a larger woman, whatever is deemed not perfect in society, right. You know, so you know she had brought out the point of using that as as a shield using that confidence in and who you are and she yeah. framed that in the political sense but you know however what you're doing is is in that personal sense of being proud of who you are because that's where it really starts where you have that confidence in yourself and that exudes confidence in others and that's that's something that's seen as a, as a glow when when others right. feel that confidence and i, I think that's mm-hmm. It's definitely, just reading the your blog post and the book, where definitely in the first part you really hammer in establishing that self confidence, but also using it as a shield when when others try to shame. I,
1: yes. Yes.
0: I mean, if you could elaborate on that, because that, that's one sure. thing that that really gravitated toward me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I listened to your previous podcast with her, and I found her fascinating. Um, and I, you know, relate very much because I, too, identify as a feminist, someone mm-hmm. who is seeking, you know, for the equality of all people. Even if you take it from a political stance, you know, knowing that you, this, is, these are my convictions, these are the mm-hmm. morals that I hold, and so I'm going to fight for them is true when it comes to the confidence and the body positivity thing, because I have a lot of female friends and female family members where it's very easy to for me to look at them and to see all the beautiful things about them, to see all of their talents, to see everything that they give to others and that they have accomplished. And I know that they will accomplish it's always so, so hard to see that in ourselves. You know, I think that we are, everyone always says we are our own worst critic and, mm-hmm. you know, we tear ourselves down so, so easily. And oftentimes, yes, when it comes to that outside noise, there's one blog post, I'll, I'll never forget writing this <laughs> one. And I always think about how the day that I was walking into Target And I guess I was in this person's way, and a man leaned out of his truck and said, You know, get out of the way, fat you know, women, Mm -hmm. and I just decided, you know, like, (laughs) I didn't (laughs) didn't break down and cry, but but I was taken aback. Obviously, I never expected that someone would be that cruel. People don't think about the way that words can affect one another. But looking back on that now, you know, there was a time in my life when I was younger, definitely, probably in middle school, where Mm -hmm. comments like that happened and I did cry and I did get very upset. And nowadays I feel that I can I can look at that and say there's something wrong with him. It's Mm -hmm. not about me. It's not about, you know, some defect that he perceives that I have. This is about him being an angry person or too much in a hurry to even give someone else any kind of courtesy or that type of thing. And it's not easy. I mean, there are definitely days right. when it is not my first reaction to brush that kind of thing off or to say, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely days where I go to the quote unquote dark side of, of that but I, I think that because I write about it and I talk about it with friends and family and the readers of my blog so much, it's easier for me now to come to that place a little faster and to save myself from the grief of some of the nastier comments that you can get. And I think that when you work on your confidence, when you work on your self-esteem, you know, there's been times in my career where I've faced layoffs because of downsizing. You start to beat yourself up a little bit, but then you have to kind of take yourself back to say, I know what I'm doing. I'm I'm a good writer. I'm a good editor. I know what I'm doing. This is more about this company or this economy or whatever it is. And so you have to say, I'm going to plow forward and sell my talents and sell my skills. Like you're saying, it it can work in a lot of different areas. I think it can work in a marriage for you to help Mm -hmm. or as a new parent to say, you know, know, this is the kind of parent I wanna be. This is how I wanna raise my child and we're gonna go down this avenue as a family together and we're gonna tackle these challenges as a team.
0: Yeah, I know, because you know, life throws you in for a loop. And oh, I yeah. know
1: for
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know for the both of us, uh that loop being parenting. And oh, yeah. I I um I I can tell you right now, my wife personally feels a kinship to you <laughs> when um I show her your yes. post, I show your Instagram about how you <laughs> you're going through life with your daughter, Penelope, and you know she's getting lots of value from the content that that you put out, because i, I oh, think our children so much. I, I think our children are around the same age, given a few months. Yes. I think my son, Mikhail is a few months older, but you're going through the same things, all the things that I see you post about being a parent is what i'm living through is what my wife is living through i'm pretty sure your husband is living through this as well oh yeah Um, yep (laughs) (laughs) i just want i just wanted to know you had a story for going into you know from fashion to fitness and now you're entering you're entering this whole new world so can you kind of explain how that all developed
1: yeah you know, I think that originally when I found out that I was pregnant, I wasn't planning on writing about it. I, You know, I thought, oh, this this doesn't fit my blog. This doesn't fit what I've been writing about for so long. And I'm a member of a writer's group um, in Birmingham, and it's actually more national now, but it's called C. Jane Wright. And Mm -hmm. I talked to the founder and a couple of my friends from this blogging group. And, you know, they all said, hey, we assumed there would be a stellar baby section. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they they just never even thought that I wouldn't write about it. And I think it's because a lot of bloggers, while they start out writing about one thing, it's also about the person and the personality and the things that they're going through in their life. It's um, more than just, here's a really cool pair of boots for the winter season. Mm -hmm. You know, there really is a lot more um, of the person involved in what they're writing about. And so I think that for me, it was a natural progression to start including that as well. As I was saying earlier, I think the thing that I've been trying to work on and a lot of what I write about is the fact that I'm working on a lot of these, that I am a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have been working on is what I call, and I've stolen this, (laughs) I will admit Mm -hmm. from um, another um, entrepreneur, her name is Emily Lay, and she talks about showing yourself grace you know we all feel so much pressure we're under so much scrutiny and there's all these outside judgment and advice being thrown at you and i don't think there's very few experiences in life where that is true when as when coming a parent when you become a parent mm-hmm. you know you're it's coming at you from every angle And all you're trying to do is get some sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I can relate. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) And so, you know, I think that for me, it was um, a good thing, maybe a therapeutic thing to be able to write about this experience and to have my readers, um, my friends and family respond and, you know, write comments about it and say that they're going through the same thing kind of like you and I are and just to find that community and that you know friendship in in what we're going through um, because we all know that having a kid is amazing and mm-hmm. it is filled with so much joy and so much love but it is also the hardest job I think we probably ever had. For me, finding the confidence in parenting, finding that courage to do the things for Penelope that I want to do for her and to be the kind of mother, you know, and with my partner, the kind of parents that she needs us to be. I mean, that's, that's all a journey for me as well.
0: One thing when I spoke with my wife, In anticipation for this interview, actually, I told her that. I was talking to you and we were going to you know I'm going to talk to Jennifer about being a mom and she just said, hold up right there. No, she's not a mom. <laughs> she's a working mom. So oh, yeah. <laughs> you should talk about that. She's very true. So, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the tradition of happy wife, happy life, <laughs> I asked you about mm-hmm. the transition of being a working woman as well.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know. The, I mean obviously the first thing is there are times in every day and you know it's been a full year now since I've been back to work I think that Penelope went to daycare for the very first time around Thanksgiving last year. Mm-hmm. There are still days where mm-hmm. my heart just aches and I'll you know I have, her pictures are all over my desk and I'll look at her and just think, what is she, what is she doing now? Okay. She's going down for her nap and I hope that Mm -hmm. she sleeps. Okay. And you know, you think about them constantly, even though you are juggling all the responsibilities and all the things that you have to be doing during your work day. And uh, yeah, it was a tough transition because there was a lot going on when I returned to work. Uh, I started a new job around March Mm -hmm. and Penelope was getting sick left and right and um, we ended up having to have tubes done and so we were out. So I was trying to make a good impression at my new job while having to be out a lot with her being sick and wanting my um, new employees, employers, excuse me, to know that I'm dependable and I'm reliable and I will do what you need me to do and feeling though that my daughter is my priority. And if she needs me and she's sick, I'm going to take her to the doctor, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was definitely that war going on. Um, luckily that has kind of settled down and we, I feel like we've settled into kind of a groove, but you know, things pop up um, all the time and it can, um, it can be very overwhelming. Um, I talk about my love for making lists and, and, mm-hmm. I have gotten very good at prioritizing what's really a priority versus something I really just would like to do. And I have I let a lot of things go at home that normally would drive me bonkers because i'm a little bit of a neat freak and a little controlling i will admit (laughs) (laughs) and so you know when it comes to things like yeah you don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) that, i'm sorry no it's okay but because i i recognize this in myself and it's something that i i try to work on because you know i talk about how Normally after dinner, I would want to clean the kitchen up. But if I sit there and even I take 15 minutes to do all the dishes, that's 15 minutes I don't get with her before bed. And I only see her for, if I'm lucky, two hours every night um, before she has to go to bed. And so there's just things that I have learned to wait and do or you do it after she's asleep or you do get up a little earlier in the morning. I'm just trying to find the right balance of all of that. And I'm going to go back to my friend Javasia, who's the founder of the writing group. She says, you know, balance is a unicorn. It doesn't exist. (laughs) And I really think that that is true. Um, I think that we're all trying to seek out this elusive thing that, You know, maybe the more we're running around crazy trying to reach this point of balance, the crazier we're making ourselves. And so if we can just find a way to sort of take that time to enjoy you know, I know you know that, I mean, it's, it's been a year, a, a little over a year since Penny was born and a little over a year since Mikhail was born and they change so fast and they do so much in the blink of an eye. There are just things that projects or, or um, maybe freelancing things that I would have liked to normally be doing outside of work. And I just said, no, like, You know, I'm going to allow myself this amount of time to work every day. And then when I come home, I'm shutting it off, not checking emails and not working after work hours. That to be said, I I also hope that I am also still a very reliable employee. And if something comes up, I am lucky like you are to have a partner, you know, to not be a single mom. And I can pay attention to some work stuff outside of work hours when I need to. But I really am trying to be very protective of my family time these days.
0: I hear what you mean on the family time and finding the balance. I do like that expression about balance being a unicorn. When you're talking about you balancing your priorities, that's something that I'm I'm trying to listen to and I'm listening to with my wife. So if she wants to work out I'm just grabbing Mikael and we're off for a ride or we're in another room playing or, or whatnot. So she can take care of that. So right, right. she can do the things that she wants to do. And sometimes she just wants some alone time. So I'll pick up Mikael from my mother-in-law's and then we'll just go on a ride or something. I mean, we we live right. around cornfields anyway, so that we're just, we're just going to ride around and have mommy Do whatever she wants to do when she gets home. Yeah. So, when those opportunities arise, I am getting into the frame of mind of what should I be doing to help my family, and I think that's what what you're doing as well. And it was a transition for me because it's always about what's good for me, what's good for me and my wife, and now we have another person to worry about. And I think to
1: worry about, yeah.
0: No, but um, it's the
1: same thing for my husband and I as well, because we were both uh, very independent, you know, mm-hmm. had things that we really liked to do. We definitely do less of those things these days Mm -hmm. but we do try to make time for them and it's you know we we do it's the same kind of thing if um, we want to try to build in time to work out then you know if he wants to get up early and go in the morning before work then I'll handle getting her ready for the day Mm -hmm. or if you know he knows that I want some time to write or you know if I just want to go get my nails done then he'll play with her, and I can go ahead and do that, um, and we've also tried a little here and there, we could probably be better about it, but to make time together, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have a babysitter um, and go on a date, you know, and I think that as parents, um, it's funny because, you know, everyone always complains about millennials, but I'll tell you what, some of the millennials I've worked with have taught me a thing or two, that's for sure. And one thing that one of my coworkers said to me was just because you're, you've become a mom doesn't mean you're not still a person and it's the same thing for dads, you know? And so I think that finding, you know, that time for yourself or and for your marriage is as important as having that family time. And so, you know, sometimes it might only be 30 minutes, it might only be an hour, but it's something. And so, like you said, giving that time to your wife or her giving you that time, I think is an equally important role.
0: With your blog right now, you're having all these subjects that are coming into your life. How do you perceive your world of blogging in in the future? (laughs)
1: That's, it's a really good question. And it's actually something that I've been asking myself a lot because I don't monetize my blog. I was working to do some of that, especially when I wrote the book and self-published the book, I was working a lot on branding and all those sorts of things. And Mm -hmm. I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think that right now in my life, because of juggling um, a full-time job and being a mother, I have decided that I do my blog for fun, that it's not something I am pursuing as a business, but that doesn't mean that maybe down the road, I'm always open to the possibility of would I become someone who blogs full time or that kind of remains to be seen. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I love Instagram and I love Insta stories and I'm active on Facebook and Google analytics and all these things that come along with using your website as a brand and a business and becoming an entrepreneur. It all fascinates me, but I will admit the, uh, it also scares me a little mm-hmm. because I find that it's a model that is fickle, that may not be dependable. And I like a uh, regular paycheck and benefits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will admit that. And so I think for me, it's always been more of my creative outlet and my, therapy and the way to express myself the way I want to more than it has been a business model. You know, as I said, I'm I'm open to possibilities, but you know, other people have said to me maybe you'll write another book or maybe you'll get you'll actually go for a book deal instead of self-publishing. And all of those things are possibilities in my world. So, I think that that um, you know, I wish I had a definitive answer for you, but I think that's going to be a you know, to be determined kind of thing.
0: <laughs> that's quite all right. That's quite all right. Yeah. If you do something you love, you never have to work again. So true. As, true. As long as you're waking <laughs> up with a smile on your face and and happy, then you're you know, you should be satisfied. So that's, I mean. I agree. Well, Jennifer, you know, I want to thank you for being a guest on Friends and Experts. I really appreciate your candor and your conversation about fashion, fitness, and motherhood. Um, is you. there any way that one can reach you through your social media?
1: I have a Twitter handle and I'm on Instagram. It Both of them are Stellar Jennifer. So at Stellar Jennifer Okay. Um, I also have a Facebook page, so Stellar Fit, uh, Stellar Fashion and Fitness is mm-hmm. my Facebook page. Um, and then, yes, you can message me through my blog as well. There's an email button there, so you can contact me any of those ways.
0: Well, all right. All right. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Uh, that was Jennifer King author of the blog stellar fashion and fitness and author of the book fat girl power how i build confidence through body positivity fashion and fitness which is currently available on amazon.com is it available anywhere else
1: nope that's it right now
0: all right that's all right that's (laughs) okay amazon.com okay there we have it all right jennifer thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it Thank you for listening to this episode of Friends and Experts. To support the Friends and Experts podcast, please visit anchor.fm slash friends and experts and click the support this podcast button.